Pastor Dan Peterson. Remember, he's been a missionary in Indonesia and what a wonderful man of God. I see him as a great man of integrity, a man that has a passion for the things of God and he's spending the rest of his life going and equipping pastors, teaching them, loving them, mentoring them, discipling them. And so he's here with us today and he's a gentleman that comes every two years and does our passion conference ministering to all our pastors around Sri Lanka. We want to welcome Pastor Dan Peterson as he comes to share God's word with us. Would you press those emojis, welcome him and give him a warm tabernacle welcome. God bless you church. Let's enjoy the word of God. Hello to our wonderful Gospel Tabernacle friends. It's uh, so good to be able to meet with you, even though it's via the uh, internet and uh, not there in person. Levon and I can really remember the wonderful moments we had with you here just a few months back. And um, matter of fact, after leaving Sri Lanka, we were in Indonesia for a week and barely made it back home before uh, everything was shut down here. But we understand that this will be your last Sunday, that you will have to watch services online, and you will be able to join together. And what a joy when, even though a smaller crowd, you'll be able to meet one another and fellowship again. So it's a great privilege for me today to just come and share the word of the Lord. I want to uh, ask you to open in your Bibles, if you will, uh, to John's Gospel chapter 16 and verse 33. I want to talk about the courage that we need in the time of trouble. We understand, you know, we've been through uh, several months now where the world has literally been shaken by the COVID virus and all kinds of things. America is in turmoil right now. And so we come to the scripture to find uh, what is God's word? Uh, what is the breath of God uh, instilling in our spirits to deal with the shaking and the turmoil that we face. And I direct you to the words of Jesus as he's preparing his disciples who are going to enter into a real season of turmoil, darkness, because of his death. In chapter 16 of John, in verse 33, it says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. It's not a world peace, let me tell you. It's the kind of peace that only God can give. In this world, you will have trouble. None of us want to hear that part of the verse, but it's a reality. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Can we say a big amen to that truth? Where you are, I can hear you say amen. <laughs> now, I want to read the same verse in the passage translation. It will open up a whole understanding of this kind of courage that Jesus is looking for, not only in the disciples, but in our lives as well. Remember, Jesus is preparing now his disciples. He says, and everything I have taught you is so that the peace which is in me, he had perfect peace, he is peace will also be in you. Wow, what a promise. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. 
For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous. One translation, take heart. And that's what that means. Be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Now, let's go also to another scripture. It's in Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through 8. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. But notice verse 7. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel. So if you can see the picture, you see uh, Joshua is seated somewhere and Moses is addressing all the people. And this is what he says, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, the Lord, everybody say, the Lord. Once again, the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. <laughs> hey, that's a revelation. Amen. This is the key word here. He'll be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Now, I want to share just kind of an introduction of what I want to talk about today. And that is, in this class, in this lesson that we're learning in this service today, we're going to discover why Jesus commands us to have courage and why it's important to have courage when we're facing trouble, especially trouble we have no control over. Now, there are three important facts I want you to understand about the days that we are living now. Fact number one, that during this current world crisis, we are reminded of God's call to live our lives to fulfill His assignment on earth. His assignment. In other words, when, when trouble comes, God doesn't just exit us out of the trouble. Uh, now, I know some of you may have gone through very, very difficult things in life. And during those hard days, you might say, Lord, just take me home. Take me to heaven. Do Take me out of this circumstance. But we need to understand that as people of God, we are privileged to live in this hour. And though the world be in turmoil, though the nations be shaken, the people of the Lord are rising up with a new strength and confidence because we know we're here breathing on earth for a purpose. Amen. If you're breathing this morning, God has a plan for your life. God does. He has a great plan for your life. So we need to be prepared to help people who are facing trouble as well. That's fact number one. Fact number two is that people today are facing circumstances that are way beyond their control. I was just to a doctor's office and they had begun to loosen regulations in Seattle, but oh, they have put us back into more uh, demands. And so walking into this doctor's office, they wanted to take my temperature. They wanted to put me to put my mask on. And, and uh, it's an amazing thing. It's beyond our control. Now, we understand that when people are going to 
to see these things and experience these things, a great fear begins to rise in their hearts. It's an anxiety. So that's a reality. So there's people that lost jobs. There are people that their health is affected. We find their finances. Many people not having work uh, are, are lacking money, emotional stress. Even here at church home, we are giving out food on Fridays and uh, somebody had received a prophetic word that even Mercedes-Benz will line up to get free groceries. And I saw it with my own eyes. People are in trouble. People are in need of help. Fact number three, while the world is shaking in fear, the people of faith become stronger. Hallelujah. Become stronger. Shaking in the world causes despair and hopelessness, but we find that in the midst of suicide and the worries and the stress that affects the human body, uh, it for us, it calls us to call on the Lord. I remember in the city of Malang, I was maybe about 13 years old, and the Indonesian rupiah had gotten into a financial crisis, the nation did, and they had cut the value of the rupiah from 1,000 rupees to 10 rupees. And a man had just sold us rice, and dad had paid him with 1,000 rupees, and he came back weeping because his rupees were now worth 10. A, man, a rich man in the city of Malang, he took all of his gold and money and put it in his pocket and threw himself in front of a train. To him, he could not live with all of the loss of all of his struggle of life to make money. And you see how often this affects the people in the world. But I want to tell you, you're different. Those who have faith in Jesus Christ, you have something far superior. You, you have a rock and you have someone to call on and it's a person that you come and count, encounter. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Come on, let's read that together. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. To help in time of need. Come on, how many have needed help? How many have called out to the Lord, said, Lord, bring peace to my heart. Let this anxiety be lifted and so on. So Psalms 46 verse 1 will add this verse. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Oh, I love that. He's a very present help. Now, at the end of this message, I'm going to show you how powerful this is and how his presence becomes such a reality in your heart and my heart as well. Well, let's answer this question. What is courage? What is courage? The first thing, it is not daring courage. I don't know uh, your friends growing up. I had friends that were always kind of like the daring kind. They would just take a dare and do something that might be a little bit dangerous, but they just had that in their personality. And we know that um, there are young people who will drive and they'll drive their cars towards each other in the middle of the road. It's called playing chicken. And the very last moment, there'll be one of them swerve away. And they call that playing chicken. It's daring. They, uh, I will never do this because 
I, first of all, I don't know which way they're going to turn. <laughs> and number two, I value my life. <laughs> but we find that they'll do these things. But this, that's not what this courage is. It's not a courage that's man-made or something that we're just born with. The meaning of the word courage, I'll take it from the Hebrew word and also the Greek word. The Hebrew word is amats. The word for courage is amats. It means to be alert physically and mentally. It means steadfast in your mind. Strong. It means to be established. So in other words, you can't be shaken. The Greek word is the word tharsos, which means boldness and confidence. So if I'm summarizing the two words for Greek that you find in the Bible, the word courage describes the quality of mind that faces danger or opposition with calmness and firmness. All right? You face that opposition. You face that trouble with calmness and with firmness. It is the ability to be unshaken in the face of danger. Now, I want you to notice this, that courage is not the absence of fear. It's not the absence of fear. It doesn't mean that the feeling of fear doesn't come upon you. It refuses to be mastered by fear. That's the difference. As a believer with the Holy Spirit and living in Christ and Christ living in me, I now have someone who is with me. Therefore, I recognize here that now I refuse to be mastered by fear. I have a greater master who is with me. So what is courage? Well, God commands us to have courage. We just read that in, in John 16, 33. He says, take heart or be of good courage. Now, Joshua 1, 9, another very famous scripture, Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, the Lord says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Everybody say, with you. With you. How important this revelation is. That no matter what happens in the world, in our nation, in our family, in our personal life, God is with us. <laughs> God is with us. What a wonderful thing this is. You see, that's where... Real, authentic, spiritual courage comes from. It's knowing who is with me. Now, when uh, there's military that go to war, and you have an army that's overtaking, and they run into very heavy resistance, heavy resistance, and it seems like they're pinned down, they will make a call. And they will call for backup. And they will call for air support. <laughs> and even though they're on the ground and they're crawling and they're in tremendous fear, perhaps, of the circumstances, but they have a source like we do. They will call Command Central. Hey, bring in the airplanes. Bring in the bombers. And before you know it, they're flying overhead and they're taking out enemy so they can advance ground. I'm telling you, friend, you have a call to Command Central calling on the Lord's name, and he is an ever-present help in the time of need. We also find that courage does not run away from trouble or danger. 
Courage does not run away. John 17, verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. And this is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, Father, don't take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil, evil one. Now, what does that mean? That means that no matter where we are, no matter what evil the enemy plans against us, God is going to keep us. Nothing can take you out until it's your time. All right? When we realize that God has a purpose for our lives, as long as there is an assignment tomorrow, you will be alive until tomorrow. Uh, somebody shout amen to that. Because you see, every one of us have this design, this divine purpose that God has breathed into us. Another example of this can be seen in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. We find here Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they answered to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter. Well, what were they facing? They were threatened to be thrown into the fire, to be killed, basically. And we find that the demand was that they bow down and they worship this idol of Nebuchadnezzar. And they refused to bend. They refused to bow. They refused to worship. Now, notice what they said. If that is the case, in other words, even if we're thrown in the fire, our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. <laughs> So they had two things going for them. Either they're going to walk out of the fire or they're going to die in the fire and God's going to take them home and they'll still be taken away from the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. My friend, let me tell you, you have a God who is watching over you. No weapon of the enemy can come against you and bring you down because God has his hand on your life. They also said, let it be known to you, O king, uh, that we do not serve you, your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. <laughs> you see, you can deal with problems. There are four ways you can deal with problems. You can run away from the problem. And sometimes we do that, don't we? We just try to escape and find a restful place. The next thing you can do is you can try to go around the problem. Okay, And then sometimes you can feel, well, I'll just ignore the problem. Or you can face the problem with Holy Spirit courage. Now, is it possible to lose courage? Well, the answer is yes. It's possible to lose courage because there's three levels of discouragement. Discouragement means to lose confidence, to lose hope or spirit. It means to be disheartened. There's mild discouragement. Now, mild discouragement, that's something that basically it just affects your immediate emotions. Let's say you're going to church on a Sunday morning at uh, Colombo Gospel Tabernacle and you're riding uh, on your bicycle and you have a flat tire. Well, you know, the rest of the way you had to push your bike. That's discouraging, especially if it's getting hot already and you're service number three. <laughs> And, and you're saying, oh my, this is terrible. Well, that's a, that's a mild discouragement, okay? Because it's not the end of the world. It's just you got to get your bike tire fixed. But there's a next level, which is strong 
discouragement. Now, this is a little more difficult. Major problems which affect our spirit to the place where we notice it in other people. Now, uh, an example of this, let's say your child is sick. Well, you know, that's very discouraging for a parent. And a parent, it's, it's going to be deeper than just a light emotional problem. It's going to affect how your spirit is responding, especially prolonged uh, sickness and so on. So something that you've hoped to happen, you've prayed for a long time and it hasn't taken place. If you're not careful, discouragement will begin to settle in on your spirit and that will begin to even affect your countenance your countenance. Now, the third level of discouragement is what we call disabling discouragement. Disabling discouragement. Now, this is what disabling discouragement is. Overwhelming problems which drain us of spiritual, mental, and emotional, physical strength even. It's where our hearts melt within us. It was like when the children of Israel stirred before the Red Sea and the enemies of Pharaoh were coming down on them and they were really upset with Moses. They were upset with God and they were so discouraged because it was seemed like there was no way out and now they're paralyzed. But here's what I want you to understand. Proverbs 17:22 says, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit will dry the bones. If you know who's with you, if you know who you are in, in Christ, and he is with you at all times, then your spirit will always rise up with joy and confidence and courage to know that you will make it through. Now, discouragement is caused by believing the lie of the devil. The root cause of all discouragement is a lie from Satan. And I'm not going to read these scriptures, but 1 Samuel 17, 8 uh, Goliath had said that, uh, you know, these people uh, were servants of Saul. The armies of Israel were just servants of Saul. That's a lie. They were supposed to be servants of Almighty God. See how the enemy comes? He'll say, oh, well, you're not worthy. You didn't go to church enough last year. You didn't pray enough. You didn't read your... He'll just accuse you of a lot of things. God doesn't like you like he likes the other ones. That's a lie of the enemy. And that lie will come and bring discouragement and heaviness in your heart. Now, if you put down the shield of faith, that also can really uh, allow discouragement to come and to hit you. That's Ephesians 6, 16. Lift up the, the shield of faith. Where does faith come? Faith comes not just by hearing the word, but the word is Jesus manifested. He is the word, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. Now, Jesus is the one that we look to. We lift up the shield of faith. Our faith comes the more we see who Jesus is in our lives. Come on, somebody say amen. So David gives us an example of overcoming discouragement. It's a very interesting scripture, and I'm not going to take a long time uh, to cover this because I have one more uh, thing I want to make sure I mention to you in this message. He gives us uh, this uh, illustration in First. Samuel 30 and verse 6. David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. 
because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You see, the Amalekites had come in and destroyed their village, and David and his army and men had come back, and all was gone. They wept. The Bible says they wept until they could weep no more. Oh, what a sad picture. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself. Where did he bring the courage back up? See, when you're discouraged, you're, you're lacking courage, he encouraged himself by coming before the Lord, worshiping God. So the greatest attacks will often come before your greatest victories because God had them recover everything again. So how do you gain courage then to face life's troubles? Well, the background of Deuteronomy 31 and Joshua 1 that we read earlier, Moses was about to die, was about to die. And now Joshua was going to take leadership. And even Joshua is an old man, okay? Joshua has been 40 years since the, the, la the generation failed to enter in, and he was one of them that had courage even when he went into the land. So without courage, Joshua would not be able to lay hold of God's promise. So where did he get his courage from? He got his courage from a word of the Lord. Joshua 1, 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Listen, his courage did not come from the thoughts in his mind, but the thoughts of his heart. The thoughts of his heart, the meditations of his thought on the word of the Lord. Joshua also was commanded to be of good courage because God said, I am with you. As I was with Moses, I am with you. The great Jehovah Jireh, the Jehovah, the mighty God, I am with you, he says. Joshua 1, 9, don't be afraid. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So courage came when he knew he was not alone. These are the last things I want to plant into your spirit, that this next week, as you go through your week, may you have increased joy, increased courage to stand strong, lift your head up. See, courage comes from the center of our being where the Holy Spirit lives. That's where your courage comes from. John 14, the very last part of verse 17, I want you to read this with me here. Because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Who's Jesus talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit, the helper. He's not a force away in heaven. He is not someone that's just afar off. He is inside of you. He dwells with you and will be in you. Everybody say, he is in me. <laughs> he is in me. All right. Then understand that we are in Christ and Christ dwells in us. One of the most beautiful scriptures in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Everybody say that phrase. Christ lives in me. Once again, Christ lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Now, in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to understand, this is not talking about in heaven someday. It's talking about right now, today, where you are. As you listen to this word, you are in Christ while you're walking here on earth. You are in Christ and he is in you. Come on, let's read another one. Colossians 1, 7. To them God willed to make known the what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Come on, are you getting it? What's our secret? Christ lives in me. <laughs> Every moment of the day when I go to sleep, when I wake up in the morning, when I go to work, or when I go to the market. So now, how do I build my courage up? Well, what gave David the ability is the same God will do for us. It's the power of God's Spirit and in you, inside of you. This is how David, the Spirit of the Lord, came upon him, and he came against the Goliath. So remember that it is God's Spirit that is abiding and living inside of you. And then, it's the confidence of past victories. The confidence of past victories. David said, Lord who delivered me. That's Samuel 17, 37. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Oh, what a promise. You know, God has already done so many great, great things in your life. And he's going to do more. You're still on earth for a purpose. And the last one, it's trusting in the promises of his word. I close with this. Isaiah 41, 9 and 10. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and I called from its farthest regions and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. That's the word of the Lord for you today. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. No, he's not, a, he's not an idol you bow down to. He's not an idol that can't move his lips. He is a living God. He is the resurrected one. And he says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. No greater power than the arm of the Lord on your behalf. And friend, don't forget, you are in him. He is in you. You can never fail. Be of good courage. Let me pray with you. If you're discouraged today, or if you still have anxiety, or you're wondering of how everything will run when you go back into life as normal, let me just pray right now that the peace of God and God's presence would overshadow you and you would realize who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Father, I pray for each one of my friends, pastors, staff, church members, 
those involved in ministry, those that have not seen one another for a long time. Father, I pray for each one of a Colombo Gospel Tabernacle family. I pray, God, that you would bless them abundantly. I pray, Lord, that you would give them courage that today we learn that our eyes are focused upon Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We are not alone in this battle. We have the great I am on our behalf. He loves us so much that he transcended the heavens. He came to earth. He took on human form to identify with us in our fears and our discouragement. And there he conquered so that he could arise by the spirit of the Lord. And that same spirit which raised Jesus Christ is also abiding in us. So we claim it today. We declare it today. I am a child of God and I am full of courage for the kingdom of God's sake. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. A God bless you all and may the Lord cause you to prosper and grow and the church to increase in every way. In Jesus' name. I hope you got the points of that great message, Courage in Troubled Times. Pastor Dan shared how courage comes when we realize we are never alone. And he shared how courage becomes a reality from being at the center of where the Holy Spirit lives and recognizing that we are in Christ and Christ dwells in us. And also by remembering that the Holy Spirit, our helper, lives in each and every one of us. Pastor Dan, thank you so much for that message that is in season and that is so encouraging and that has brought courage to each and every one of our lives. We want to encourage you, you know, to keep sharing the online celebration so we can reach many people for Jesus Christ. So do like and do share our online celebrations. Once again, thank you so much for joining us for our online Sunday celebration. We will see you all in person this coming Sunday. God bless you.